Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screen Heroes. This is episode 121 and we will be reviewing season 2 of Luke Cage, the Marvel Netflix series starring Mike Coulter. So, we are going to kick things off. I am Derek. I have my two regular lovely hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good. We're happy to be back. Yeah. Yeah, somebody, not naming any names... Somebody knocked out power to a third of the building that we're in, <laughs> and um, we we got that under control. As you can see, we have lights and, and internet capabilities, so we're good to go there. Sorry about that. So, I don't know, Jurassic World was what we were supposed to talk about last week. There were dinosaurs. We have opinions about that, but we're not going to really get to talk about it. Yeah. I'd like to apologize to Ryan for making him watch a movie he wasn't that interested in, and we still didn't it's talk fine. about it. It's fine. It happens. That's only, what, the third time that's happened or something? I don't know. That we've made you watch a movie you didn't want to see? No. <laughs> you didn't end up talking about? I don't know. It might only be the second time. I can't remember. Fair enough. It happened once before. Either way, not a big deal. Not a big deal. I'm going to get reimbursed from the Patreon, so it of all course. works out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you let me know when that happens. Um, so let's kick things off with our news segment. What would you guys like to start with in the news area? So just today, Yvette Nicole Brown uh, was announced to officially replace uh, Chris Hardwick on AMC's Walking Dead, or Talking. Talking Dead, yeah. Yeah. Well, what is the Walking Dead panel? Yeah. I think. Did, would they say she, he's repl- she's replacing him on the show? There's a lot. I thought it was the Walking Dead panels okay. at San Diego. That's that, fair. She was, um, she was I've seen multiple headlines for it. Fans wanted her on the Talking Dead. I yeah. didn't read that if that's what happened. Big fan campaign for her. Fans absolutely love her. Her work on Community is hilarious. And since she left Community, she's been hosting a lot of shows very similar to Talking Dead, both on AMC and Sci-Fi. So her, she feels like a good choice for me. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever watched Talking Dead, she's obviously a mega fan yeah. of the show. Sometimes annoyingly so. A little bit. But um, I think that, I mean, she has the passion for it, sure. And so I think, you know, I wouldn't have probably signed the petition, but I'm not upset about yeah. that. I mean, get rid of Man. the person that he had to get rid of and put, you know, somebody that's a passionate fan in there. And yeah. I'm good with it. I only really know her from Community, so I, I actually didn't know that she did talk shows and stuff like that. She doesn't so. really like. She's been a guest on Talking Dead a few times. She's just super passionate. She like she brings okay. every time she, she comes on, she brings a huge. Melee. She, she oh, that's true. She did. She brings a huge notebook of things she wants to talk about <laughs> that happened in the episode. It's ridiculous. Well, that's so, cool. I'm yeah. all for super fans leading those types of shows. I think that's how you get a lot of passion out of it. So for sure, works for me. What else we got? Michael Douglas wants a Hank Pym prequel movie. This just an actor wants to have role in, <laughs> in multi-billion dollar franchise. So we, he I wants to basically have an, 
Did they have to do an entire movie where they de-age him? That's going to be very expensive. Yeah, it absolutely would be. I don't they're think they're going to do that. Do that. <laughs> well, not only would they have to de-age him, they'd have to de-age Michelle Pfeiffer, too. Because you're not going to do him yeah, you without can't do Janet. Without. Yeah, you're right. So Not happening. But, nice of him to say. That he'd be willing to... So, yeah, that, like every... Name an actor that says, I don't want to be in another Marvel movie. Okay, the only one is Red Skull. Whatever, we right. get that. Hugo Weaving. Look, I'd like to announce that I am willing to do... Any, any role. Movie. <laughs> you're willing to do any role in any comic book movie. Yeah. So I'm just saying, if you if you need somebody, I'm definitely willing to put myself out there for the right. role. So That's very kind of you. Yeah, 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 no problem. Just I do it for the fans. Really taking one for the team there. <laughs> Um, so Halo is coming to television. It is. It's finally happening for those who've been following it. Steven Spielberg and Amblin Entertainment uh, have been trying to come up with something for the better part of a decade. It's going to follow, of course, Master Chief and Cortana, and then obviously Church and Donut, too. And then, <laughs> I, man, <laughs> uh, a Showtime live action Red versus Blue would be amazing. <laughs> Rooster Teeth, if you're listening in, call up Steven. Um, anyway, no, it's actually rumored to not follow Master Chief right. at all. Uh, just to, sh- to kind of do some universe building, show more aspects of the war, maybe possibly how the war began and, and different aspects of that. It will be a Showtime show. It's been given a 10-episode order for season one. And, um, you know, it's about time Showtime, about time Showtime, did something kind of big branded because, you know. It's been a while. HBO's got big stuff, you know, between Game of Thrones, Westworld, and now Watchmen, and then... Stars has had some good runs with Black Sails, American Gods, and Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yeah. But Showtime really hasn't had much to compete with. There were originally rumors that Star Trek Discovery, or the Star Trek show, was going to be a Showtime show, but that ended up, of course, not happening. So, you know, we'll have to see. I imagine this is still a couple of years off, maybe... End of 2019, but I would imagine this is a 2020 show when it does happen. But, you know, it's happening. So, there's that. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What else we got? Uh, Miles Teller was cast as Goose's son in Top Gun 2. I almost Danger wrote... Zone! When I wrote down the note, I wrote Top Gun 3, because it feels like they're really <laughs> trying to do this for a while. Well, it's really more like Top Gun 4, because you have the two Hot Shots films... True. You know, so. And the first one's clearly a Top Gun movie. Maybe the second one's not. You know, it's more of a Rambo film, but the first one's definitely a Top Gun. I wonder if him and, like, Adonis and, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, the Ivan Drago's son are all, like, go to yes. dinner sometimes. They're like, you know, guys, remember when our dads were cool in the 80s? Yeah. I don't. I don't remember when they were cool in the 80s. I remember when they were big damn dorks in the 80s. <laughs> Some of them. Like, watching those action films as an adult, when I saw them as a kid, and I'm like, oh, those guys are, you know, tough. I'm just like, those guys grunt a lot. (laughs) That's what action heroes do. (laughs) It's just silly. It's how they get their superhuman strength. Like, that that kind of film is just really silly for me now. Action films have just evolved, so going back, I'm just like, you killed someone. Wow. (laughs) All right. I've never been like a huge Top Gun fan. Uh, it was never really a. It's a staple for me. I'm not that big of a fan of the movie, but like I understand that its place in right. '80s pop culture, and uh, so you know I appreciate it for what it is. I was never convinced that he 
and the main female had chemistry. Dun, and then, dun, 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 dun. Uh, Take My Breath Away is a fantastic song. song. I okay. love the band Berlin, but like that's that. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. <laughs> Riding on Berlin. the Metro is is much better than Take My Breath Away. But yeah, it turns out the reason why they don't have chemistry is because she's a lesbian and wasn't attracted to Tom Cruise at all during that. And she was really tired of having to pretend to be shorter than him. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. At least they didn't make Goose pretend. No, Goose got to make out with Meg Bryan. Like, I feel like they won in this situation. (laughs) Yeah, sure, sure. sure. I mean, maybe not the character as, you know, an arc, but... No, because I killed him off stupidly. <laughs> it was such a dumb move. Uh, well, uh, what else do we have? It too has started filming. That has happened. James McAvoy's Instagram is so cute because anytime he's on set with one of the kids, he's like, selfie. <laughs> it's adorable. Hey guys, look at, I'm the cool kid. We'll do a selfie. He's like trying to be the cool one. On the I show. like McAvoy. No, 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 like just... no, I do too. I don't have a problem with him. I just think it's funny. Well, okay, so they also released the poster for Glass and McAvoy's in that as well. Mm-hmm. McAvoy is slowly becoming king of the nerds. It's going to be him and Zoe Saldana who rules us all eventually. And uh, there's one more. Uh, the dude is in Star Trek and Lord of the Rings the and... Carl Urban. Carl Urban, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I keep forgetting he was in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. I totally forget he was in that. And Dread. And like Dread. Dread. And Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. Um, Thor almost, 3. Almost Human, which is a highly underrated show that Fox canceled. Stupidly. Bastards. show was awesome. Anyway, sorry. I wish that show had the cult following that Firefly did. I know. Like, yeah. come on, Browncoats. Give it I up. Agree. Show's dead. Bring back Almost Human. <laughs> it's not too late for that. It's not too late. It's never too late. Um... Yeah. All right. Well, what else do we have? Anything else going on in the in the news? I do want to say that WB has heard your cries, DC fans. They are <laughs> going to release the cut that you've been asking for. They're going to release Supergirl, the movie international cut. Oh, really? <laughs> on Blu-ray, July 24th. Yes. That's kind of cool, We know. We heard your cries is what they said. We heard your cries, and here it is. Supergirl. <laughs> Hey, her show is, is rated very well. I like I like Right, this is not that. This is, the, this is the this is the 1984 movie. movie. I know. Yeah. I like that Helen movie. Helen Slater? Yes. Yes. I like I've never seen that cut, so I'm actually kind of looking Nobody has. To yeah. Well, this I mean is, not. Well, I mean outside of the studio, this is the first time it's been released. So I'm looking so, forward to it. Yeah. I'm very excited. That'll be really fun. Um, speaking of Warner Brothers, uh, the CW I guess has moved the Arrow's time slot. And so Stephen Amell tweeted that they won't be able to do full butt shots anymore because I guess it's earlier in, in the night, so they have to be more family friendly. So when he when he walks towards Felicity naked, which happens at least twice an episode, it's just going to be like from the from the glutes down. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I just thought that she's going to be funny. hacking something and looking, hacking, looking. That's just hacking, hacking and looking, looking, looking and hacking. Yeah. Yeah. Probably hacking and nuking a city or something. I don't know. Is what she usually does. Convincing the other superheroes that she has to commit atrocities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nuke a city <laughs> one time. Yeah, and you're a city nuker for the rest of your life. Yeah, well. I just thought that was, that was a funny 
little anecdote that he had. So yeah, when he has a good guests on our show, they're like, "You don't like Phyllis?" And he, like, no, no. There's <laughs> a reason. I loved her in the be- season two before she was a regular. Yeah. Season yeah. one and season two, she was great. Yeah, she was really cool. But uh, they, he is growing the goatee. It looks like for season uh, seven. Is that what season we're on? Are they going to jump don't ahead until the... it's the mustache? I want the pointy he, mustache. Yeah, he didn't look like he was going to have the the full uh, whatever it's called. There's a name for that style, but uh, he did have like Harrelson. the goatee. I have a I have a theory that he grows it when he goes back to the island the time they forgot to tell us about. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're done with flashbacks, Derek. So. Sure, sure, yeah. No, they are. Well, the arrows flashbacks. They're now doing diggles and felicities, and I'm just saying, if he ends up back on an island, would you be surprised? Uh, current day, I think that's possible. But probably not in the past. Like, they're not going to revisit. Oh, he went away from Russia for like an hour to get back to the island and then come back. <laughs> I know he was barely on the island. Yeah. Anyway, tangent. Um, all right. Anything else? No, let's just make fun of Arrow for an hour. No, no, no. Yeah. We're going to okay. do that. We're Only gonna... if we can invite some of our favorite guests on while we do it. <laughs> we are going to switch over to Marvel and talk about Netflix Marvel's Luke Cage Season 2. Before we do that, we're going to take a Short break, so we will be right back. Hey guys, it's Derek of Gamer Heroes, the Heroes Podcast Network's dedicated video game podcast series. Join us every other week as John and I talk video game news, what we're playing now, and other major topics in the video game industry. We cover everything from esports to indie games. We also interview developers and publishers. So join us every other Wednesday for new episodes. We'll see you there. All right. Welcome back. So, let's go ahead and talk Luke Cage Season 2. Um, at this point, I guess we should probably provide your spoiler warning, uh, especially if you haven't seen Season 1, right? Cause, you know, or the other Netflix shows. Have happened. Yeah, any of the other Netflix shows are kind of fair game here. Um, not sure. I mean, there's not a ton in Season 2 that really focus on any of the other shows, but this is your spoiler warning, right? Um, for any of the Netflix Marvel Defenders type things. Where would you guys like to start? There's a lot to talk about here. 13 episodes of content, so more than a normal movie review. So just wanted to point out some fun facts and trivia. Um, Last time we talked about this, I was very upset that they hadn't had a lot of female directors. They brought six on for 13, and Lucy Liu directed the first episode. I did notice episode. that in the credits. Did she? I missed that. She yeah. directed cool. the first episode of I thought season that was two. pretty cool. Five of the women were uh, women of color as well. So it's a, a good cool. mixture. Two black women, uh, three Asian women, and one white woman directed. So it was it's pretty impressive. No, that's really cool. I, I'm a big Lucy Liu fan, so that's really neat. I totally missed that in the credits. So I tried not to watch the credits too much because I didn't want any spoilers for, like, guest appearances for that episode. Because they put those in there. Yeah, so I purposely wasn't really paying attention to the credit sequence this time around. So, but... They uh, had a lot of female writers on. They really stepped up their game on some inclusion and diversity. And I feel that was really a good thing. Yeah, Absolutely. Overall, I was really happy with the whole season. I It had its down points, which we'll talk about a bit. But I thought that the whole season was focused more on character development. There was a lot of monologues, a lot of dialogues. It was really about hashing out the character's past. 
and they didn't get to really do that in the first season. So I particularly enjoyed watching each character grow. Yeah, I definitely feel like they were able to focus much more on showing who the characters are. Even little stuff is just showing Luke Cage's powers a little bit better, easier to kind of see what his range is and what he can do. Um, but even just around him, Mariah, Shades especially, and uh, Misty, I feel like really got a lot more depth and complexity to them. Shades went from being a character I found fairly annoying in season one to actually being possibly my favorite part of season two. It's a compelling, logical villain. You know, he's still a terrible person. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I thought... Um... Oh, I guess we're just doing overall characters and whatnot at this point. But, he, yeah, well, but I mean, if you want to dive in, we can. Um, they they did a good job this season of of making you sympathize with a lot of the villains mm-hmm. and kind of uh, making you care. And and a lot of the Netflix shows haven't had that as much. Um, but this season, they took that very seriously. You could tell. And I mean, they they obviously heard the criticisms about season one. And how they had a great villain and they killed him off six episodes in, or however many episodes it was. Um, and this time they gave us three, four really solid villainous characters. Um, and and most of those are fairly sympathetic and you can kind of tell, kind of like Killmonger in uh, Black Panther. You, could, you can kind of see why these people are this way and, and feel you know something for them, which is always a good trait for any, any villain that's written in something like this. Yeah, I mean, my, my least favorite villain is the one that I just can't relate to at all. I can't see where they're coming from. And, like, Bushmaster, for example. I mean, by the time you learn everything that Mariah's family did to him and his family, you're like, yeah, I get it. I'd want to destroy them, too. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, sure, he's still murdering people, and it's still very illegal. But you, you get the leap of that logic of, you destroyed my family, so I'm going to destroy yours. You know? I get that. I can totally understand that concept. Bushmaster's motivation and story arc, I completely related to Killmonger. And I, everybody says Killmonger was just such a great villain and he's one of the best Marvel's had. And that's true. But, man, they're not really watching the shows then. No, Netflix has some great villains. Yeah, between Wilson Fisk and <sighs> yeah. uh, the Purple, Purple Man, Man and now Bushmaster. Like, they, they're And they don't kill them off. No, like, no. I guess Purple Man, but yeah, well, Purple Man's killed off. But he's never really dead because off. he's kind of like in her psyche. So he has, t- you know, um, spoiler for season two of Jessica Jones. I guess I've already said, but she, but he does have times where he reappears to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, he's much more of a psychological Absolutely. villain. You know, whereas, you know, Bushmaster, I mean, yeah, his, his motives are very interesting and his character is, is really fleshed out and deep. But at the end of the day, he's really just becoming a gangster who is, you know, shooting up Harlem and trying to burn down, you know, Mariah and, and the Stokes fortunes and things like that. Dillard, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I even found that Mariah was much more interesting in this season, um, you know, she really kind of goes off the rails and becomes kind of the, the crazy psychotic villain where you just never know what she's going to do next. Like, mm-hmm. Bushmaster was very calculated. He had very specific people he was going after. He didn't even really want Luke Cage. You know, the times where he was forced to confront Luke Cage, other than the one time on the bridge, he wasn't really trying to kill him. He just wanted to get him out of the way. Like, leave me alone. I, I'm going after the Stokes. I don't have a problem with you. But Mariah, anybody is fair game at any moment. You just do say the wrong thing and she could just destroy you. 
And I was saw earlier today. I was talking to John from Gamer Heroes um, about this show, and I said, "Oh, you don't just you're not going to watch the podcast to find out my opinion on it." <laughs> of course, John is far too busy. Of course, but um, he had a major problem. He hated Mariah, which really not in the way that you're supposed to oh, hate her. He right. just thought she should have died like three episodes in. And, um, you know, me and him kind of had a debate and he pretty much ended with telling me that it's that I was never going to change his opinion. That's what it was. Um, which if you, if you've watched Gamer Heroes, you've probably heard something similar to that before, <laughs> but, uh, you should listen to, to this week's episode. He had a major problem with, uh, her switch flip, flip switch, whatever, you know, when she went from the beginning when she was trying to get out of the dirty stuff and go clean to instantly like lighting people on fire. Um, it wasn't instant. That was 12 episodes. So not well, completely instant. Well, it wasn't really, I mean, there was, that was like episode three or four. I think that the, that she was, when she was trying to open the center and get out of the gun game, she was still trying to do episode that. Episode three was when the center was there by the first episode. They talk about her being done with guns and being legit. So, but even then shades is much more wanting to be legit than she is. Yeah. He, he's very much, if we do these things, sell the painting and we can be legit like tomorrow. And she didn't want to do that. She still was, kind of tiptoeing that line when it was convenient. She wanted everyone to think that she was going straight. But at the end of the day, if it was going to suit her to do something illegal, she was still going to do it. Whereas Shades really wanted to step away. He was done, right? That's kind of part of his arc. So I don't think it was much of a flip switch as much as she just got to a breaking point where she just gave up trying to pretend that she was going straight. You know what I mean? I, she was probably my least favorite part of the show, and I think it's because they focus so much on her. She had so many straight-up monologues, and uh, she commanded so many scenes that, honestly, I feel like you could have changed the show to be called Mariah Stokes instead, and it makes more sense. I think more of this season was about her and her conflict with Shades and Bushmaster, and... Luke Cage was a side character in his own show. Yeah, and I actually like what I when I was talking to him about it, I told him that that it, it was weird he had a problem with that character transition when there were much much bigger character transitions that took place over a much shorter time period. Yep. Um which uh, that's towards the end, so I don't want to get into that quite yet, but um, oh, I want to talk about that. Cause yeah, that I'm is... sure we will. Mm. But, I mean, it's it, it was really weird to me that he had such a problem. And it's good that you guys, uh, I seem to agree with me, that I didn't think that that was, my argument was that she went through a bunch of stuff that was pretty bad and all of a sudden just stopped caring. It wasn't all of a sudden. She stopped caring about keeping up that mm -hmm. persona. Um, and, you know. I mean, from my perspective, I felt like the whole thing was a facade. She was creating the center. I'm not saying she didn't want to do any good. I'm not saying that because I never thought that she was pure evil, but she definitely only does good when it suits her. And I saw the center as being a facade of showing what she wants the public to see her as. And really behind the scenes, she was still going to do whatever the hell she wanted. It's really, uh, she has one of the best examples of Stockholm syndrome I think I've ever seen done in a television show, especially live action, because she blames Mama Mabel for her entire upbringing and how 
this woman controlled her and abused her throughout her entire life, but that's all she wants to be. She wants to be a prominent figure in her community, and she wants to be a badass bitch that runs everything. So mm -hmm. that's all she wants is to be her grandma, even though she hates her with a passion. So, Which is kind of the theme for the entire show. Everybody mm -hmm. is that. They, they become who they don't want to be. Um, yeah, actually, that's that's a very good point. Uh, in chat, Dokrev said that he uh, thought that Shades and her relationship was weird, um, which is, is something that was brought up to me by one of our other friends. He had watched the show and I hadn't. Um, and yeah, I thought it was awkward and weird. It was weird. so creepy that last episode last season where like she licked him. Yeah, and then <laughs> there was more of that this season, but yeah. I think... That restaurant scene was... We talked, me and Dokrev talked about it earlier, and I... And I told him that I, I figured it out. I figured out why it, why it was so weird. And it was intentional. It was because, uh, I mean, you're looking at a closeted gay man that's in a relationship with uh, a woman for, I mean, there's obvious reasons there to maintain his image or whatever the reasons are. Um, and so it's supposed to be uncomfortable because it's super uncomfortable for him. And so that needs to translate to the viewer. Um, I believed he was bisexual. Maybe so. I thought he was truly in love with Mariah. and I didn't get that vibe. I, I did. I just... Really? But, I mean, you can... I also feel like you can be in love with someone without it being a, a physical, sexual type of love, too. So, I, I mean, they didn't really dive too deep into it. So I'm not right. really sure. Right? But, um, you know, he obviously had some type of sexual relationship with Comanche when they were in prison. And, and he said he loved him, right. uh, you yeah. know. Yeah, so. and, you know, um, I don't know if we want to switch gears to talk about Shades or not, but the, the Mariah aspects of it, though, was was weird. I mean, Mariah was in a, a huge position of power in Harlem. She had all the money, but she also needed somebody who had the connections and the experience from the the um, the darker side of things because she didn't have that. Her, her um, oh, no, um, from the first season, what was his name? Copperhead? No, um, Cottonmouth and Diamondback. Yeah. yeah. They're um, all named after snakes. I know. That's why I said Copperhead. <laughs> Cottonmouth. Black um, Mamba. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cottonmouth. No, that's yeah. with, with, him, with him gone, she needed somebody to kind of help her know the rules of that land. Yeah. Right? And so it was kind of a, a relationship of convenience for both of them. They both kind of needed each other. Very symbiotic. Right? Because they were both at the top. Symbiote. And, <laughs> symbiotes. Um, but when you're both, when you're at the top, you know, there's, there's only so many options, yeah. right? And so it wasn't like they were going to be dating anybody else, right? You know, who else were you going to bring into that level of knowledge for what was going on? So it's kind of hard to take that all apart and know for sure if it was quote, true love or if it was more of just a relationship or circumstance. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like yeah. I, I believe they that's what I, that's what I thought it was. And yeah, I don't think that he like hated her or anything, but I don't think he was in love with her in the traditional sense. You know, maybe he cared enough about her to where he could call that love, but I didn't get the feeling that, uh, it was, he didn't enjoy like having her lick his face or, you know, any of those. So I didn't get that vibe. Maybe I was off on that, but. Uh, in any case, the clo a closeted bisexual man, or however you want to look at it, that's still in love with somebody uh, that he doesn't want to be with at the time because that would compromise a whole lot of things. Um, I do want to give Marvel some credit for actually having 
a ca- characters. I did like not that see that coming either. Like that was wow, was out of left field. Well, because so yeah. much now we're we're seeing these movies. Well, I guess it's m- more with movies and with shows these days. But uh, movies where they they say outside of the film at some you know panel or interview that a particular character is is homosexual or bisexual or something like that, but you don't ever see it in the movie. Yeah, it never happens in the in they the cut context the scene, or they add it to supplemental material. To be fair, it's not like you see the two of them making out or something in this. No, you but just they hear say them talking. They full on discuss it, and they handle it in a way that felt naturally uh, in line with the story. Yeah. They they didn't just flat out like. Another huge problem people have with LGBT representation is that they come out being caricatures instead of, you know, just normally talking about the right. relationship. And that's what this was to me. Like, they mentioned it a couple times, and that was it. I mean, obviously it was something that Shade struggled with, right? Because his, at least outward opinion on it, was that that was only for prison. And now that he's out of prison, that... That's gone now. That's another world, but I, right? I believe that he was in love with Mariah, but I also believe that he was in love with Comanche. Yes. And they're two completely different in loves. And, you know, that that whole concept of being in love with two different people, that is something that, sadly, books like Twilight uh, championed. And in that, it was just stupid because the writer didn't want to, you know, make a choice and hurt fans. But in here... It really did look like he was had such an internal struggle between the the two closest people in his whole life, and both of them kind of betraying him. Yeah, and you, once you know in retrospect, it's kind of easier to understand how Comanche was able to kind of be the snitch and get away with it for so long, being so close to everything. Because from Shay's perspective, like this person would never betray me. So I'm not even, it's not even anywhere on my radar as something to even consider. Yeah. Right. Um, and that makes the, the death scene, uh, the shootout that happened with the police chief, even that much more intense. That was heartbreaking. Um, and you know, that comes back around later too, because he was emotional and he took the second shot from close range and he knew that that's not something he should have done. Um, but he did it because he was so upset and emotional and didn't, he felt betrayed and, you know, wanted to kill Comanche, but at the same time didn't want to see him suffer because he was in love with them, you know, in some capacity, however you want to frame that. Um, and I think that's why I think Shades is my favorite character from this season. I think he was by far the most interesting and complex and probably the the most well-written. You know, I like that it, they kept him alive because I really want to see him next season. Well, just think, Fisk is in prison too. What if mm-hmm. Fisk needs a replacement for his Wesley or whatever that was yeah. killed in uh, season one of Daredevil by Karen? Um, so maybe they'll meet up and you know how, how great would that be? Man, like if that's the direction they're going, and we're gonna see like a Fisk Shades team up, and maybe Daredevil show uh, and uh, Luke Cage shows up on like Daredevil season three or something like that. I mean, that'd be fantastic, because you're talking about two... I mean, those two actors are really But the, the only downside and reason why I wouldn't see them doing that is because you would literally have to be watching, like... That's you would true. have to have watched all of Luke Cage, and you would have to watch all of Daredevil, so that's the two, those two shows for I sure. Mean, Not point, necessarily. At this point, I think Marvel needs to give up on who's done their home, homework or not. They need to make great stories, and if that means crossing over, then that means crossing over. I agree. Like, fan, I have, a, I have like, a fan, like, we'll talk about it later, but I have an idea of where I want them to go, but I, I doubt they are going to go that way. But we'll talk about that. I, I just feel that, like, Infinity War doesn't make 
any sense if you haven't seen other films, if you didn't know what they were leading up to. It is not a standalone film. You have to have at least watched a few. So by And this how many point, people are not watching all the... I mean, well, you guys, I guess, don't watch all the shows, but most people have watched, like, I'd right? say the vast majority have watched all of the... or are watching all of the well, Marvel shows. And I'm shows. not sure if, if... At this point, I'm not sure it's difficult to bring in other characters. I mean, Iron Fist shows up for an episode. Which and... is the best episode of the season. And the say. best episode that Finn Jones has appeared <laughs> in. Was because Scott Buck wasn't the showrunner on yeah. this. <laughs> uh, but, but my point is, though, he's able to come in and say some throwaway lines about who he is, and you just accept that that's who he is, and that you don't need to see his entire season to understand that. If you want to have Shades and Fist get together, you don't necessarily have to tie that back to everything Shades has done. No, but to or get the most out of the character. I mean, I feel like it's there's so much depth to the character that if you miss out on that and all you're seeing is whatever future there is that'd I, be I agree I with know, you I sad. think that it's more fun if you've seen all this stuff and you can appreciate all this stuff but at the same time like Marvel just needs to let that go trying to make standalone stuff they are eight TV shows in 20 movies in let it go at this point just make the stories you want and if people want to play catch up they can yeah that's on them especially on netflix i mean it's all right there you can you can watch it immediately it never comes down they never get rid of their own content and i mean one of the things that um you know and you know of course i'm going to bring up star trek for just a moment but one of the things that did well was that type of universe in the jar no but they did that type of universe building, though, where they, they kind of just assumed that you're you're going to do your homework, you're going to watch these shows, and you're going to understand what's going on. And they did that a few times between The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Those shows crossed over. There were characters that moved back and forth. And if you didn't know where they came from, you, you weren't lost, but you definitely didn't get the full picture, right? And that was the 90s. You know, it's 2018 now, and these are streaming shows that you can watch whenever you want. There are only 13 episodes. I don't feel like it's a big ask when in the 90s these sh- these seasons went twice as long and you were still expected to watch them. Yeah. You know, so I, I hope that they do that. I hope that they are able to continue bridging these gaps because at the end of the day, Manhattan is not a big place. There's a million, there's a, there's millions and millions and millions of people there, but it's tiny. And the, the, the range that these characters are watching over Harlem and Hell's Kitchen are small spaces. So there should be more crossover than there already is. You know, you know story-wise, I mean? why I don't think Fisk would actually pick up Shades is because everybody's going to know that Shades is a snitch. Yeah. And I don't think Fisk would would deal with a snitch. Um, but I also They think... could write it out. Like, they could figure yeah, they it out a way to write it out. I think but still. Fisk is the type of guy, though, who wouldn't... He's... He can see the potential or something. Yeah, he'll see the potential in Shades, and he's not one to be scared away by something like that. Right, because his his ideology would be fine. You snitch on me, and I'm going to destroy you. Right, that would be the risk Shades is taking. Because what Fisk would do to Shades, I mean, can you imagine? Right. Way worse than what Mariah tried to do. Like, you I'd know? be way scared or more scared. So I, I just I think Fisk would just take control of the situation. Probably, and that's probably the way they would write it. I just feel like I don't know. It's I feel like it would be a little out of character for him to to bring on somebody that's just uh, sold out a mo- another mob boss, crime lord, whatever. Mm-hmm. But but remember that Fisk, his intentions are also very different than Mariah's. That's true. Yeah, you know, he wanted to rebuild Hell's Kitchen. His end goal, like he was doing all the wrong. But that's what things. Mariah wanted to do too: is bring Harlem back up, and uh, she wanted you know. to be the queen of Harlem. She wanted to rule Harlem. Fisk wanted. 
he wanted to mold it in his image because he honestly felt that that was the way for for Hell's Kitchen to be the best it could be. Like he did it, ter- like he did the wrong things, but he actually his intentions from his perspective were pure. That's, Mariah's intentions were never pure. That's center to help out people. That sounded like a really great thing. We could use one in Kansas City, <laughs> like, we preferably don't, without the severed heads, right? We and don't the, need and that. the insider trading. Yeah. And... <laughs> well, I mean, they can Just have. Say. There's some. Insha- that's fine. I don't care about that. Free healthcare. You know. It's, Sure, sure. trade off. Yeah. Okay, we went really off tangent there. We did. We did. We did. It was good though. Circle back uh, we need to talk a little bit about some other characters. We can spend a little bit more time on Bushmaster yes, and uh, Tilda Johnson. So before we move to Bushmaster, maybe we should do Tilda because we've talked about Mariah already, and then we can move away from the family. Tilda is a decent enough character compared to everybody else who was just outstanding. She was very disappointing. I thought that once she came on screen, like, oh god. Okay, guess, guess I can tune out. If she had been in Iron Fist, I probably would have been impressed with her because she had, she was a great actress and she had a decent enough story. But I don't know, surrounded by the other characters, she just was. Yeah, there dull. were a lot of standouts this season, so uh, for me anyway. So yeah, she was one of the characters that didn't really stand out to me exactly she's kind of so she was fine she just didn't really like i don't know i liked how she handled herself i liked her storyline i no until the end oh you didn't like the i feel like i'm gonna be jumping around if i get into no, you're it too good. Much. the switch at the but end but there's like three characters that all change their complete completely do it i felt like we went at the very end from season two uh episode 12 into season three, episode four, because <laughs> there was there was a, a huge change in characters from uh, episode twelve to episode thirteen, or even beginning of episode thirteen to end of episode thirteen. And she was one of them. Like she went from this healing character that is uh, not that wants to distance herself from her family and everything else to killing her mother and being super upset that she didn't get Harlow's Paradise in the deal, which is not in character and for her at all. Showing up. At yeah. Harlem's Paradise, looking ridiculous. Why does she go there looking like a fraggle? Like I thought the same thing. I was she, like, she has a fraggle haircut. She is this gorgeous hippie woman this whole time. She shows up as this like joke of a hip hop queen. When you know you have Misty Knight who pulls that off way oh, better yeah. than she does. What happened to you? Well, so my my biggest problem. It's just it's logistical. So she was she 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 visits her mother in prison and kisses her. There's poison. She's not going to be a suspect for that. Like there's a visitor's log. Everybody knows who's come in contact with her. You don't think she'd be like person number two that they talk to after she Luke? Maybe she had to maybe it gave her like a heart aneurysm or something. Sure. She says the word Tilda. Right. So, so let's assume for a minute that none of that's recorded in there, right? For just a moment, okay? It couldn't have been that long, right? It was the slowest acting poison on the planet. So she must have visited her shortly before Luke Cage did, right? Maybe 20, 30 minutes. So they question Luke Cage. They check the footage or whatever. Okay, well, I guess it wasn't Luke. And then they ask the next person who saw her last. I mean, I didn't have it. That wasn't that big of a stretch for me because she's a doctor of, you know, natural medicine or she, whatever. Yeah, she is so, an MD. So she's going to be able to know what drug or whatever, I don't know, what natural thing is going to make it seem like she had a natural something, aneurysm, heart attack, 
Something I mean, like that. She was that. coughing up blood. Like right, that happens when people die. No, like, I, I know it happens when people die, but it depends how you're dying. Right, right. I just I, there's a certain level of like there's suspicion of di- there's also, suspension of disbelief. Right. It's also very but, possible that the cops didn't care. You know, we. This is a fictional world, and yes, in the real world, somebody would have been prosecuted, charged. No, somebody would have just been given, like, a week's paid leave and then brought back on, if it was a cop anyway. Anyway, sorry. Not to be political. Right. Uh, but you don't think, like, think about who Misty is for a moment. You don't think she'd want to know who that was? She said several times that she just wanted her to die. Absolutely, so. absolutely. But when somebody is murdered... And it's, like, the queen of Harlem. How do they know she was murdered? She literally could have just had an aneurysm right then. Because there's autopsies. I mean, look, I I find it hard to believe that somehow Tilda found something that was an untraceable natural poison. Except that that all she does is deal with natural remedies and and plants and things like that. I guess it was just a bit much for me at the end. Like, you already have to, like, I already have to believe into the, into the whole, um, Nightshade. Uh, nightshade thing, yeah. right? That like the one strain that grows in Jamaica yeah. is the one that makes you strong and fast. And, and that, that Bushmaster's already, like, he was born with special abilities, you know? So like, I, No, I, it was the nightshade thing. When they did the nightshade thing well, it was a, when he was a kid. But it was a combination. Like, apparently, like, most people would have died from that, but he was already special, oh. is, is how they framed it. Right? So I already had to buy into all of that. Right, and Luke's powers keep changing, so I have to buy into his powers are just continuously changing. Well, my problem was that it was on her lips, too. We never see Mariah, like, lick her lips or something, so why didn't it? Well, she wiped it off, and, you know... At at the keyboard, like, it was just sitting there on her lips for almost the exact same amount of time. Maybe she was wearing those rubber lips that in the family Yes. Lips. <laughs> you're totally right though like that that's kind of my point it's like you've made me watch 13 if, episodes where i've had to suspend my my dis- if they had blatantly made mariah lick her mouth then i would have been like okay but she never did and yes. i was watching for it it was just at the very end after i've had to already put aside a lot of other logical problems because it's a superhero it show silly. and then they just tacked it on the end because they just they were done with that character so tilda's right? silly she's alive she's coming back next season obviously and to she's, take back her club she is not going to be a big villain she is going to be the thorn in the lion's paw and that's going to be annoying to watch probably I'm just like I'm just sick of the club being so damn important. Why like, do we care about the club? Like, like at this point, like, I will. Okay, so I have to say that one of my least favorite parts of this was there were parts in episodes where they spent like 15 minutes just on the artist. And I understand there's probably contracts and all the artists that appear are incredibly famous and popular, but like. Yeah, they there was a little bit much of that. Out of it. For, I mean, I, the, uh, so because of the Jamaicans, I had to turn on the subtitles because yeah, there was stuff I couldn't figure out. They, they whitewashed the subtitles. They that did. bothered me a lot, actually. Instead um, of Pickneys, it said children. Instead I of brethren, it said brothers. The subtitle, like this, is closed captioning subtitles. These are not a different language subtitle. These should be exactly word for word what is said for people who can't hear like that's the whole point of closed captioning so the fact that they changed those words i actually think is not cool it was i mean personally i I, you know i mean like it wasn't like they were speaking spanish and i wanted the english subtitles right this was closed captioning 
It was a little weird that they whitewashed it. In any case, the 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 songs I was not familiar with a lot of the songs no. on the show, um, but they because of the subtitles I could keep up with what the song what the lyrics were and they were all very relevant. Yeah. To the story on purpose, obviously they picked certain songs for certain things and wrote around that. But um, yeah, there's a lot of like just staring at the artist singing, and you know maybe that has some meaning for some people. I didn't really have any connection to those artists so you know i felt like it was just a way to showcase you know african-american or black artists and um sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't i i always i think it's fine when there's actually people at the club and it's like a nighttime thing it's always weird for me when there's a band or a performer there You're just doing a recital middle. yeah and there's no yeah. nobody's even watching right because they're all up in the office and that's and that's it i always thought that was kind of weird but i uh doc Rav, uh brings up the fact that each episode was named after uh, a Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth song. I did not um, know that. Yep. And last season, each episode was named after Gangstar songs. Huh. So music plays a heavier part in this TV show than any other Marvel property. Minus probably Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. They're probably all... Well, the second one, too. I mean, there's... there's... I didn't like the soundtrack good. as much, but James Gunn put as much effort into it as he did the first time. And it but was then, very... Re- there were certain yeah. songs that were a big part of the story, too. They're, so. they're relevant. They're heartwarming. They belong in with it. So I, I think probably 26 the... episodes to curate probably... Weren't more. all the Iron Fist episodes named after Wu-Tang songs or something like that, too? I didn't know that. That's weird. Well, because oh, I know the, it's the not, director, that's his last, the last album he bought before they got on the plane. And because, like, uh, one of the Wu Tang members directed some of the episodes. That's cool. I think because uh, he's big into the kung fu movies. Gosh, RZA, I think, yeah, does a lot of kung fu movies, and he, so he directed. No, that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, by the way, if you're listening in, you can join us in chat live when we do this every week, Tuesday mm-hmm. nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, at Twitch.tv/HeroesPodcasts. And so we want to thank Doc Rev and everybody else who joins us weekly for that to chat with us. So I think we need to talk about Luke and Misty. We haven't talked about Bushmaster, like, barely at all, either. And he was... Should we finish with Luke because of how this this season ends? We have 15 minutes left, so we need to talk about some stuff. All right, well... There's still a lot to cover. There's still a lot to... Yeah, there's still a lot to cover. I think ending with Luke is probably good because, I mean, that's the end of the season. We end with him. Sure. Um, so for Bushmaster, how do you guys feel about uh, his character and his motivations, that type of thing? God, I love this character. Yeah, I, I thought he was great. Like He was one of the standouts for me. Um, you know, th- I, I didn't know how I'd react with the whole, you know, voodoo storyline, but it really played out. I like Supernatural kind of like that stuff, so it worked out pretty well. Um, I did think it was the typical Marvel thing where you have the villain it has the same powers as the hero, yeah. and, and even like this, the they they wanted the same thing and a lot of their backstory. You know, they both had this, similar tragedies in their backstories, and um, you know, so there was a. And I realized that they were trying to do parallels. Like this is you after one bad day. You know, they were supposed to be like you know opposite sides of the same coin kind of concept. right, like the Batman and Joker, you know, kind of thing where you you get. Black Panther and Killmonger. Black Panther and Killmonger. Well, I mean, yeah, it's there's Thor and Loki. Yeah, every the that's their traditional thing is a character that the hero has a set of powers and the villain has the same set of powers, and I mean it worked 
in this because there was some lo- like some small differences. Like Luke is a brawler, right? And obviously, he was um, a mixed martial artist. He was a, he did a lot of capoeira was yeah. most of what uh, what we saw him do, which is actually not a martial not a real no, martial art. It's, it's a show thing. Uh, but it's still cool to see in a yeah. show, and people still think it's a martial art, so it works in this fictional universe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought he was an interesting character. The actor did a great job. Um, he was very stoic, which normally would be a con, but I think it worked really well for this character. Um, so The anyway. actor really brought it when it comes to that. He, you know, you have a stoic actor. It can come off stale, it can come off boring, it can come off disinterested in the project, and that is not what happened here. No, he's very focused, he's very dedicated. Purpose-driven. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like he, he has his goal, and he has his plan for getting to that goal, and that's he's got blinders on for that. Everything else that's going around is just noise to try and distract him. And he was kind of an opposite of Shades, where Shades this season was much more emotional, and you mm-hmm. got to see he was not stoic this season, you know, but Bushmaster... Very stoic, and mm-hmm. you know the thing with Comanche wouldn't have happened with Bushmaster because he's completely focused and aware of what's going on around him. He um, also commanded a huge presence, which I don't believe I've seen in a Netflix show since Wilson Fisk was the main character. I don't think villains have ever like stepped in front of the camera and just commanded your attention. And so I was really nervous for the people that surrounded him because I was expecting a Fisk-like character where anybody around him who betrayed him or spoke against him or something would have been killed. That's also kind of what the Stokes are doing, you know. But they, his family spoke about to, oh my you know, God, badly like, about him to his face, basically. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, he didn't, so Mariah ended up being that character that you were scared of and yeah. Bushmaster. Because, again, it showed that it makes Bushmaster a really solid, relatable villain because you realize, like, he doesn't hate his family and he doesn't hate people. He hates the Stokes. And he's open to their opinion. You know, his family's telling him how terrible what he's doing and how he needs to stop and how he's killing himself. And he's like, I respect your opinion. I'm going to disagree now. <laughs> Fun fact, the guy that played his dad, not is it Nandi or something like that was the character's name? Anansi. Anansi. Um, that was his, I thought that was uncle. his uncle. Uncle, sorry. Yeah. Also voiced Doomfist in Overwatch. Ah. Oh, I thought he looked familiar. I couldn't place it. Yeah. Yes. That's so cool. Yes, that's so cool. So you play video games and you can get that little reference. But I actually thought he was great, too. Um, very... Anansi like, was good. He, not, he was a standout, but you didn't see him very... Like, he wasn't he was a main a great character. Side character. Yeah, he was a really solid side character. You did care. Like, if he was disappointed in, in his nephew... You know, you, you cared about that, you know? Well, and Bushmaster cared. Yeah. Like, he wanted his uncle to agree with him, but he respected that he didn't, and he was bummed out that he didn't. And watching right? him burn alive was rough. <sighs> That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, that whole scene, seeing all those innocent people that just came there for dinner because their family goes there, like, that was a little sad. It was... Well, it turns Mariah into a villain that... He, you can just completely hate. Yes. Right. Whereas most of the other villains, even even the really brutal ones like Fisk, are they ha- they still have rules that they follow? Like that was kind of the, one of the main threads was that Mariah just decided to break all the rules. Like there's a code of the street, and even Fisk followed the code, and Bush Bushmaster followed the code. But Maria was like, or Mariah, wow, was just like, nope, that's it, we're done. Yeah. I'm gonna do whatever I want. And so she has no code anymore. And if you have no code at all, then... Well, she doesn't have anything because she did. Well, you know what but I mean. Yeah. She yeah. did. 
But you know what I, what I mean, though, right? Like, Bushmaster still had a code. Yeah. You he, know? True. You look at the people that he killed, he killed people that broke the law, like the Atreus Plastics and Cockroach, and, you know, he broke... Or he Yeah, he killed criminals. Mm-hmm. Some of them were white collars, some of them were just flat-out murderers, and... Um, you know, and some of them were just... They were really in with the Stokes. Yeah. You know, I mean, Piranha was in with the Stokes. That's what that was really about. He was helping the Stokes make an absolute fortune, mm-hmm. you know, and that's... Illegally. Very, very much so, and that was something Bushmaster was going to pay attention to. Yeah. You know? So, um, all right. Well, do we want to talk at all about um, Luke Cage's father? Reg E. Kathy passed away. This was his last role. Which was really sad. Um, He was really cool. I liked him a lot in this. I did like that they had more of a religious focus in this show, kind of. I mean, I'm not religious, so I'll preface this by saying that I don't have, like, a built-in, you know, thing where I want to see religion portrayed on the TV, but uh, it did kind of ground Luke Cage as a Mm -hmm. character, Um, and it's similar in a way that the Catholicism focus for Daredevil worked really well in that show. I feel like that worked really well in this show. Um, It deepens the characters. Yes. We have so much greatness that have come from superheroes but they're still individuals they still have multi facets to their life and you know the catholicism in daredevil is great nightcrawler is also catholic he becomes a priest at one point even you would have no idea based on the stuff they've done with him because they just make this blue guy appear and disappear it's but they've done a great job in the tv show all the scenes Mm -hmm. with with uh, Matt Murdock and his priest are great. Yeah. All, the guy that plays the the priest or pastor, whatever you call it in Catholicism, um, is he's a great actor. And even though it's a very small role, all those roles are go- are all those scenes are golden with him. And uh, and I thought it was very similar in this show that mm-hmm. almost all the scenes that were with with his father, whether it was in the church or not, were uh, were really good. I loved the combative relationship they had. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I like the idea that, yeah, he was a man of God, but he was far from perfect. He's a and shitty dad. And he knew that, you know? And I like the back and forth that he and Luke had in this kind of Luke's um, kind of reluctance, but still continued to talk to him and go to him for help and things like that. But, you know, in the end, I, th- I think that the arc ended very well. And it's a shame that the actor died because uh, I would have liked to have seen more of him. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if they'll do anything in season three to have the character die, but no, probably, probably not. not. He, he just won't play a role. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he, he could always he could move home. He did right? his so. Or Luke could go to his funeral. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I meant. Oh, yeah, I mean, okay. he played that's his part true. in this story. Yeah. You know, no, I, so I just I meant would they really would they make any comment about Luke's Luke's father dying? Is, yeah, is what it is. Yeah, or they could just probably. make him go They'll home do it during one of the four filler episodes in the middle, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like there was much filler in this. I thought each episode had some slow parts that they could have cut out, and maybe that would have added up to knocking off one or two. But I thought just this, the Daredevil seasons, like they do it really well to where there's just not that much filler. It, there's still some filler that can go. These seasons need to be eight episodes at the longest i could see 10 episodes eight to 10 would probably be like yeah your magic number in there but i don't know i felt like there's a lot of filler i felt like they drugs drug a lot of stuff out 
um, that wasn't really necessary to the story, and I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, you could have cut probably three episodes worth of content out yeah. of it, and it still would have been fine. It probably would have been all the music scenes, really, that, that <laughs> were that. 14 minutes some, long each. Some of the situations they put Luke in just to show off his powers bothered me, like when Piranha hired him as... Uh, yeah, that whole thing could have just been cut out, and yeah. it would have been fine. Like, I, that was a full episode, I think, mm-hmm. basically. And... It kind of sucks because Foggy was in it, and Foggy was great. And I, I actually liked Foggy. Piranha. I liked how he was like a Luke Cage fanboy, like was, you know, yeah, all the all the merchandise and everything. Yeah, I thought that was great. Because you would think that those people have to be yeah. around, right? Right yeah. for all people of the people idolize football players and and you know all these sports athletes and actors and stuff like that. So yeah, of course, there's going to be people that idolize. The Hero app was one of the smartest I things that, I've yeah. ever seen. Like why isn't that mentioned in any other Marvel thing? You would expect that people would point that out. Well, this out. is specifically the Harlem's Hero app, yeah. so it's designed to try... Well, and Luke Cage is not hiding in the shadows, you know what I mean? I mean, Daredevil would, would be, is. I mean, Daredevil there was a time is. where Captain wasn't... And... But it would be... But those guys, I mean, Cap and Iron Man stuff, they're worldwide. They're constantly all over. So having that app... You know, you have somebody... You know in, where they are in, in a four-block radius yeah, or whatever. Versus you know. like, oh, there's there's Iron Man outside Berlin, you know, or something like that. Just saying, <laughs> that would totally be a thing. I mean, it would be, for sure. There'd I mean, be, you know, a subreddit, I'm sure, for each hero. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we need to talk about is. Luke, guys. Let's talk about Luke. <laughs> Let's talk about him. So, this was not Luke Cage's show. Like I said earlier, this was Mariah's show, and Luke Cage just appeared in i want to say like 15 minutes of each episode (laughs) (laughs) bit of an exaggeration Um, but all right they did his power so much better this time i thought yeah i love the little taps on the head that immediately make people unconscious i loved him crushing guns and incredibly hard weapons that was really impressive the things he could withstand was great the fact that like in the first episode he can take a jericho bullet now yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, because when he went through that process in the first season, mm-hmm. it made his skin even harder. Yeah, like, I mean, that was part of, you know, like, another suspension of that disbelief. Was a, but... Yeah, that was kind of dumb the way they said it, but the fact that he just takes it and it's done, like, that was great. Yeah, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner, though, right? Because they're like, well, he's bulletproof, and then they invent a bullet that can pierce him. So they're like, well, I guess Why all the bad guys will have this? that now. Yeah. <laughs> right? See, I, I kind of disagree on the on the fact that it wasn't a Luke Cage show. I think it was. I mean, it, you know, there was a lot of the Mariah stuff, but I mean, they were trying. They had, you know, three or four different villains that are all tied to Mariah, the, the, so they have to make her get the most time, so that Shade's story makes sense, and so that Bushmaster's story makes sense, and Comanche's story makes sense. Yeah. Um. So it, pro- it probably I could see how it felt like that for sure. Um, as far as the choreography, as somebody who's kind of a, a snob are. with fight choreography, the flicks and the taps were really annoying to me. I appreciate him in the first season because that was like, okay, I have all the strength, so why not? Just... But you can only watch that so many times. It's not interesting to watch. They did a better job this season, though, of of the actual choreography when he wasn't just flicking people on the head. Yeah. He, You could definitely see, like, he's... Got, he has, like, a straight-out brawler fighting style when yeah. he's actually trying to fight. We see him fight... Uh, Bushmaster, you know, somebody that actually knows how to fight. Um, and you can see he's throwing wild haymakers while he's the other guy's throwing, you know, precise kicks and has much more speed and things like that. Um, I thought they did a really good job of that. And I thought his team-up fights were the best fights for me in the season when he teamed up with 
uh, Iron Fist into the patty cake. Oh, so uh, good. I loved that. Yeah. I, 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 that was right there. I was like, Heroes for Hire, I'm oh, in. I want to see them use these co- powers in interesting combinations. And when he fought with Bushmaster, alongside Bushmaster, I liked that. Um, Even when he was fighting with Misty in that one scene in like the oh, car, yeah, that car was garage good. or whatever. And actually when Misty right. and Colleen were fighting well, together. And that whole fight. bar scene, I loved that scene. That yeah. makes me want Daughters of the Dragon this so much. That probably, like, <laughs> just because of the what her purpose was, this was probably Colleen Wing's weakest appearance. I loved her. But she was yeah. still so good, and the two of them <laughs> teaming up for a bar fight. When she's a cop, she's a cop, and she's getting in a bar fight. Like, I love that. But I love how, like, Colleen's just chilling at the bar, drinking, just watching, like, watching her get punched in the face. Until yeah. the dude goes to grab and break a bottle. And she makes like, an right, unfair fight. Yeah. She's like, alright, fine. <laughs> yeah, I like Colleen in that. Okay, hi everybody. Sorry about that to those who are watching this live. There was a giant bang that sounded like it came from the roof and our dog freaked out and we can't find anything that made that noise. So, But this will be edited out of the recorded broadcast, of course, so there is that. Uh, do you guys remember where we were? What we were, were talking about Cage. Um, oh, sure. so yeah, so my, my biggest kind of problem with a character who has these types of powers is just that, you know, he's so strong that fist fighting with anybody seems kind of silly um, when it's just a normal thug. And then um, when they shoot at him, I mean, there has to, because it's all in Harlem, right? There has to be a point where just everybody realizes it's a waste of bullets. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that just never happens. Just over and over again, they just have to keep coming up with one, one-liner throwaways about why these people continue to try and shoot him. You know, well, you know, I just had to see if it was true or, you know, boss got to know that I tried or something like that. Like, I mean, really, like that's like, is your boss dumb enough to think that that was a useful, you know. Well, in this season, they did a better job, I think, of showing the bullets ricochet as well. Yeah, that was They cool. actually had the bullets ricochet and then hit people. So in the episode where he's at uh, the party with Piranha and they offer to shoot him and he's like, what are you doing? That is so not a good idea. And he explains that the bullets could bounce off and hit somebody. And then Which wasn't happens. really ever a thing until this season. But... Mm-hmm. Well, it's because his skin's tougher now. Right. right. So now he can control ricochets into people. Like, <laughs> when he aimed ricochets at people, I was like, okay, guys, come on. This is you ridiculous. just wish your boobies could do that. I guess. <laughs> I mean, who's <laughs> saying that they can't? Yeah, nobody's ever tried and survives. <laughs> So let's talk about his jump at the end, because I'm, I had to stop, like, we don't, we try not to talk about this, so we could talk at the podcast too, but I had to stop Derek just mid-sentence, and I'm like, the ending of Luke Cage is messing me up, (laughs) like, it's weighing on me. Yeah, I mean, I actually think that it made sense for the arc his character was taking the whole season, where... You know, he was trying to stay out of the way. He was trying just to be the nice guy, and nobody was going to let him live that way. And so he finally realized that the only way to protect the city was to take control. And obviously, that's not what we want a hero to do. In fact, it's almost the same mistake that Iron Man made in uh, Age of Ultron, for example. But um, that's that's you know, he's not going to build an army of robots, of course. But it's the same kind of no. Concept. This is going to come crashing down on him in a different way. Probably. I would think so. In maybe, a misty maybe, night way. Maybe Defender Season 2 will be all the other Defenders against Luke Cage. <laughs> I have a theory. Do you want to get into that Let's right do now? it. Let's do it. So what I, in, if I was writing the Netflix universe, what would happen now is now that we've established that Luke Cage is basically a crime boss. 
um, that's trying to stop the crime, whatever. Um, I would go the Shadowland route with Daredevil and have him become the leader of the Hand. And then also have Iron Fist become the basically the, the guy like monitors all the white collar crime in uh, in the area, and then have like a big crime boss meeting where those guys all get together and realize, holy crap, what is going on? You guys are in charge, and then Jessica has to photograph and find out. Oh my gosh, all my friends are now crime bosses, and then she has to go in and figure out, take them down, you know, a notch, and figure out how to uh, realign things the way they should be. It's an interesting I'm idea. I'm actually kind of okay with that. Right? Thank yeah. you. I think that would be awesome. And you I mean, get all I, their characters doing the right things that, that they think is right. I hit me so hard because I really enjoyed season one of Luke Cage. I really enjoyed season two. And, it, like, Luke always came off to me as the most noble of all of them, the most selfless. Iron Fist should be that way. He should. He, he should, yeah. but he's not. Well, until this, he was really good in this show. So I'm in the one better. episode he appeared in, he looked like a human and behaved like one instead I had of control his chi. Was jacket. it wasn't brooding the whole time? So, but the point of this season was really to sh- to push Luke into realizing that he just can't seem to catch a break. Every yeah. time he tries to do the right thing, it backfires in some way. Yeah, and you know he loses Claire. And, early on, which was yeah, kind of odd. Very early on, you know, he's he loses the barber shop. People are making fun of him. There's drugs that are in his name, you know, all, and he he, you know, he he can't stop Bushmaster for most of this. He has to he has to save Mariah. The right thing to do is to save Mariah, right? I mean, that that's got to be a hard ethical thing to struggle with. That's fair. I guess I wasn't looking at it like that. I mean, he had to protect Mariah. Of all the people that he'd ever want to protect. And he had to do it multiple times. She even jokes about it. About how he is the one man she can She trust. calls him a boy scout, I think, at one point. Mm-hmm. But she calls him the one man he, she can rely on. That was the line. She can rely on him. She knows that he will save her. And other than the poisoning of her own daughter, which obviously is not really in his wheelhouse, he does. He saves her multiple times. Yeah. yeah. You know? And... That's got to be really tough for him to realize that in order to, quote, do the right thing, he has to protect a woman who's burned people alive, who shot up an entire restaurant of innocent civilian people and threw a cotton mouth out the frickin' window and bashed his face in with a microphone stand. I mean, Mariah starts to make shades look pretty decent. <laughs> it's true. You know? So I think it really screws with his head. I think by the end of season two, he's messed up. Yeah. And he, he realizes that the best he can do to, to save people's lives um, is just to control it, push the crime bosses to create safe zones, make sure that the civilians have places to go where there's not street, you know, shootouts and stuff like that and create kind of a safe haven with the crime around it because he basically realizes there's nothing he can do. Yeah. He does Claire dirty, though. He does it real yeah. dirty. That was not in character for him. The punching on the wall? No, the him, she, her showing up to the club and him saying, "Tell her I don't want to see her." Oh, oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a little weird, but I also felt like because they were out of time, obviously, she was going to just chew him out for that. She would never have liked him making that decision, and he would have had to defend defend himself. And that's going to be the beginning of the next season, I would imagine. So do you think him and uh, Jessica Jones are going to get together like they did in the comic books? Possible. I kind of hope so. Like, Claire was in the comic books, I'm pretty sure, yeah. as a character yeah, that Claire he dated Temple before Jessica Jones. 
I just really loved the vibe that uh, Mike Coulter and Rosario Dawson had. They had much better chemistry, I feel like, than him and Kristen Ritter. But you know, I Maybe think everybody I it so bad. I everybody saw the ships Jessica and Luke. So. As long as they get Doreen as their babysitter, I'm good. <laughs> Is that show ever gonna happen? Who fucking knows? It might <laughs> on the streaming network, uh, you know, yeah. or whatever Disney's streaming network. They already have the show done. It's it was supposed to be on Freeform, and you know they just aren't releasing it because Freeform decided not to air it. And so, all right. Well, anything else you guys want to cover for Luke Cage season two before we wrap up? Misty was my favorite character. She was very cool. I thought she was much better than the first season for sure. I got and a, defenders. <laughs> I got a little annoyed that just basically every cop on the force like is annoyed with every decision she makes. And wants to make fun of an amputee for the first, like, Seriously, that's so messed messed up. up. Like, Like, they've never seen a cop have a severe injury before. That they got in the line of duty protecting somebody. These are NYPD. They're not just NYPD. They're NYPD in the Marvel Universe in Harlem. Next to Hell's Kitchen. Like, these are war zones. Yeah. They they have no sympathy. I apologize, everybody. Our our dog joined us uh, after a quick intermission. Um, yeah, but I thought she was great. I thought that all of her co-workers and all the other police officers treated her incredibly poorly for 99% of the season. Yeah, minus so. Priscilla Ridley. She was the <laughs> only one. nine episodes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? To basically let Misty do the right thing. Right. That's really what she was there for. Um, I keep quoting that. Do you know that's a Spike Lee movie, Do the Right Thing, about Harlem and New York? Like, that's the greatest thing ever that you keep saying. Yeah, he obviously knows that. That's why he keeps making the joke, Rachel. Jeez. It's not coincidence. Come on. When you call it out, it's not funny anymore. It wasn't funny to begin with. It was just I mean, a... you're smiling, so, I mean... Sure, you are smiling. He isn't Your lying face about that. betrays you. I'm, wow. I... That seems harsh. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, I put this one above for me, like ratings wise, in the Marvel Netflix universe. I would probably put it above Jessica Jones season two, and probably above Luke Cage season one and Iron Fist and Defenders. Basically, I, I liked it, but it, well, I didn't like it as much as I liked the Daredevil seasons or uh, um, Jessica Jones season one, so yeah. or Punisher. Well, Luke Cage still continues to be my favorite of all the shows. That may change when I finally finish. More um, than Punisher? Yeah, hmm. yeah. More than Punisher. Okay. Punisher was great, but Luke Cage... I guess the themes in Luke Cage don't resonate with me as, as much as... That's fair. Stuff, but... Maybe they do resonate with me a bit more. I don't know. I did like this season more than the first season, though. Yeah. I, I really did overall. Um, even though there's a lot less Luke in it, I still think the show overall was better. Um I didn't really watch much of The Punisher. I don't really care for the character personally. Um, so it's hard for me to, to say, you know, where that lies from a quality standpoint. But I liked this season a lot. And I think I if I had to pick one of the def- the Defenders shows to just watch, I would pick Luke Cage. That's so um, Daredevil season one is still the best out of all of them. I, yeah. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, but I think this, this one would probably come in second for me. As someone oh, who, okay. who has not seen the Jessica Jones or the Punisher. I just want to specify that. Um, so I was impressed with how good Punisher was. I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Maserati was kick-ass. All right, but we should close up. Yes. Because we are way over time and we had the intermission and everything. So 
Uh, Ryan, where can people find you? Oh. Buster Props on all the social medias. Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. I have a Twitter, but I don't ever use it, so... That's too bad. Don't bother following me there. Ray? Uh, I'm Siren Ray. I am on 90% of social media. I'm very active on all my social medias, except for Vero. <laughs> I post there maybe once a month. Don't follow me there. That's stupid. I forgot about Vero. And Everybody I am... Did. I am the Star Trek Dude on Twitter and Facebook. You can also find me on Red Shirts and Runabouts, our Star Trek podcast, as well as Gamer Heroes, our video game podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are Screen Heroes, part of the Heroes Podcast Network. You can find us at heroespodcasts.com or at heroespodcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are also here live Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern at Twitch. You can chat with us like Doc Rev did tonight. Doc Rev is one of our patrons, along with Jordan and Brent. Thank you to all three of you as our highest Patreon contributors. You can check out Patreon. Give us a, a hand for paying for our new equipment. We could definitely use a new camera, for example. Uh, but uh, we appreciate all of your support. We will be back next week with a review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.